an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out Howdy folks, Jay Milton here and welcome to episode three of my nine part series special that I'm kickstarting 2022 with. Over these nine episodes, I'm going to be asking the same nine questions to some of the top personal trainers, business owners, entrepreneurs and mindset coaches on the planet. And if you missed the previous episodes, make sure to head on back to episode one and have a watch or listen to that one first. These incredible humans I'm interviewing have coached millions of people with their bodies, brains, and businesses. And some of these experts have built themselves multiple seven and nine figure businesses. Just on Instagram alone, they have a combined following of over 4.2 million followers and are some of the leading experts in their field. These experts will also be speaking this year at the International Fitness Summit in Lisbon, Portugal. And if you'd like to find out more, and most importantly, grab yourself a ticket to one of the most anticipated events of the year, head on over to internationalfitnesssummit.com. If this is the first time that you've tuned into my channel, please hit that subscribe button and make sure you get notifications because over the next few episodes, I'm going to be hitting you with some absolute gems that are really going to help improve your life. The third question that I asked to the experts was, what is the biggest mistake that you made at the start of your fitness journey? Let's have a listen to what each of them said. Doing the Sean T Insanity Workout. Duke Duper. Duke Duper. I was like, it, looking back now, I cannot fathom that there was a time in my life when I was like, all I need to do is train more. All I need to do is get my heart rate up. All I need to do is, is do hit. And I was jumping around the front room like an idiot, having two for Tuesdays, Domino's Pizza, and I could not understand why I was not losing weight or looking like Sean T. I was, so I had disordered eating habits, which is part of the reason why I work in the field that I do now. And I made the same mistake that pretty much every single one of my clients makes when they come to me and that is aggressively diet Monday to Friday go way overboard at the weekend and aggressively diet every Monday to Friday again consistently and I probably did that for years and years to the point like I was starving during the week and really overeating at the weekends binge eating at certain points of my life and nobody at the time in the industry said this is this isn't normal this is, it was almost normalized. It was like, oh, yeah, of course you follow a meal plan during the week and then binge eat at the weekend. So that was a huge mistake for me. And it took years before I realized that it wasn't normal. And I mean, people still do it now. And sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's obviously not. I would always say that for me, a mistake is a lesson. But the biggest lesson I made with, especially my body, was getting big as quick as I possibly could at the expense of getting fat which made my confidence, impacted my confidence quite a lot. So at the beginning of my bodybuilding and lifting journey, um, fitness has always been a massive thing, but there's a couple of things I did. In the rugby days before I learned all this, I just got a lot of weight on and actually didn't like how I looked. And then the flip side was the first diet I did, I just dramatically dropped all my calories to try and get as lean as quick as I could and looked like a drowned rat. And so both ends of the spectrum require patience. And I think the thing that I didn't have, and still don't have 100% of, is that patience. But I'm also accepting that if you wanna gain muscle, take your time. If you wanna get lean, take your time. 
So don't do a five week quick, drop your calories as quick as you can. Don't eat as much as you can or you'll get fat. So at both ends of the spectrum, my biggest thing was just patience. I wish I had looked after my body better in terms of, you know, think stretching, foam rolling, more functional stuff, balance balls, but it wasn't there like when I was 14. I don't know if foam rollers were invented, but I don't think I ever saw one in like 1992. But yeah, look after my body better. Just think more about longevity. Back then, it wasn't even about looking good. It was about being big because I was skinny, so I wanted to be big. <laughs> so it was all like, you know, squatting, deadlifting, heavy benching. I mean, heavy, 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 heavy. So yeah, looking after my body better, definitely. Hopefully now I'm still managed to reverse some of the damage that I probably did but I know like Chris Gethin and whatever they're like they're pretty they're pretty fucked um but he's done quite well to reverse we've all done a lot of damage you've definitely done damage <laughs> um oh god one just one again okay because I made a few mistakes um I think to be honest I'll go on the mindset thing here because I didn't believe in myself and if I look back now, I started my fitness journey because I was severely overweight. And now I'm the number one crossfit in Scotland. And now I'm elite level crossfit. And now I'm elite level weightlifting. But back then, I think I slowed myself down for the first few years because I thought, I'm, I'm not, I can't do this. Like I'm just doing it to lose weight. Like I'm not actually any good at it. And I think it was a, it was a few years in before people around me would say like, you know, you're actually quite good at this, like you could do this. I think the biggest mistake I made was maybe doubting myself because I didn't put in as much effort as I could have knowing where I am now. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. But yeah, I wish, I wish I'd believed in myself a little more. I was a chubby kid, so I wasn't really genetic. I wasn't that lean guy growing up, so... I struggled a bit with that and I didn't understand why because I was looking at all my mates in school and I'm like looking at them going, why is this prick got abs? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why haven't I got abs, you know? And I play football, I do this, but I didn't know, I didn't look into these things. For, from a young age, what I started doing was every mistake most people that are getting into fitness are making in their 20s. So 14, 15, 16, dropping carbs, uh, trying keto, even trying a veg diet, like going veggie for a week, uh, just doing cardio, just doing this, just doing that, trying every extreme to finally figure out that none of them really work. So the biggest mistake I've made, which in essence is like one of the best things I've made is just make loads and loads of those mistakes that have messed things up for me initially, but then turn it around into a positive. Probably going to the gym with the mates uh, that I have that were just, yeah, I had no clue what I was doing. I kind of had a background in cricket up until I was kind of early 20s. So we did some strength and conditioning stuff there, but it was never, you know, cricket, you don't need to be that strong. You could be any shape and be successful. So yeah, I wasn't overly knowledgeable going back sort of 10 years about what I was doing. And then when I look back at my form, you know, of things like deadlifts and squats, horrific yeah I'm posting on YouTube saying look at this lifting a hundred kilos or something so I guess it would be doing a little bit of research maybe consulting in skilled people whether it be online or even before I became a PT when I was kind of going to the gym and doing these exercises getting a PT to kind of get me on the right road um, technique wise um, would be probably the the thing you know it's like they're, they're skilled for a reason and like 
magazines and blogs are there for a reason. It's just to kind of entertain. I definitely say for me, I was very obsessive with training as in when I quit swimming and I was training twice a week, I then went into a gym environment. I do faster cardio in the morning for two hours. I go to the gym at night because I thought that was correct. I wasn't eating enough. And then these two things together developed into an eating disorder for two or three years. It's hard to say it was a mistake, but it kind of, it, it, absolutely, it absolutely was, you know, obsession with training, not recovering, not looking after myself. And I always try and voice that now with what I do for people to avoid the mistakes that I made. I made so many mistakes at the start of my fitness journey and during my fitness journey and throughout my fitness journey, I think, I think I'm still making mistakes. But I think it's important to understand that that's absolutely a normal part of it, particularly with the wealth of information that's out there, some of which is not such high quality and the fact that different things work for different people. So you are going to end up trying things that, that feel like mistakes. So I'd caveat this almost with saying that I don't regret any of the things that I tried to do because none of them ultimately caused me any harm, fortunately, and helped me to learn really valuable lessons. I think to me, the rigidity of things like dieting and the quote unquote clean eating or paleo style dieting or cutting out certain food groups is something I think a lot of people can relate to. But on a personal level, I think that that afforded me not only those learning experiences, but it also forced me to have a certain level of humility about my own abilities and my knowledge and my ability to get things completely wrong that I think has been really powerful in trying to help educate people because I can be more open-minded about things. I can hopefully be more nuanced about things because I can understand that that different things work for different people and that people respond differently to different things and also everybody has the ability to to not only be wrong but to be I guess like a total idiot about things so it makes me then less judgmental I think of, of other people when they're doing some of the things that I used to do. I relied too much on self-control. I was a really hard worker which is great for many things, but I was not smart about how I was applying that effort. So I would channel it only into, it was like I was using brute force to kind of blindly forge ahead. It's like if, if there's a brick wall and you're trying to get through it, I was trying to push the brick wall instead of like walking around it or like getting a ladder. And every time I would, uh, in quotes, like fall off the diet wagon, I always thought, oh, it's because you're not trying hard enough. It's because you don't have enough self-control. In the meantime, I was going to like a very prestigious university. I was doing really well in school. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, I feel like that doesn't quite make sense. Like, obviously, I have very high levels of self-control if I'm able to succeed in other areas of my life. So why is my nutrition so difficult? And um, that's when I started, eventually started looking more into the psychology of habits and behavior change and understanding that it's actually not about more self-control and so on. So that was probably it. And once I realized it doesn't have to be so hard, everything changed for me. Focusing on shit that doesn't matter or, or didn't matter much. Um, I used to put a lot of effort into stuff that just made no makes no fucking difference. And you, from like a, a physique background, WBFF, right? Um, you probably know what this is like. To get to that level of body fat and physical conditioning, you have to do stuff that a lot of people won't do. 
And sometimes that also means doing stuff that you think might help, even though it might not help much, but you just stack the odds in your favor. If someone said you will gain 0.5% more muscle mass over the next year, if you have BCAAs in your workout and you drink your protein shake 30 seconds after your workout and you train at this time of the day instead of this time of the day, or you make sure you have carbs after you, at this time of the day, but not after this time or whatever, you do it because you're trying to stack the odds in your favor. And it made it, um, made me very obsessively do things that just didn't matter. And over time, I, was, I realized that I was just causing stress for myself. And especially as I didn't compete, I didn't need to stack the odds in my favor that much. And now I focus on stuff that matters a lot and disregard stuff that doesn't. I would say doing it for other people. So especially with how much more social media has become a part of my life and obviously other people's lives as well is I was basing very much what I was doing from a compositional point of view and the way that I was portraying myself based on the views of other people, which I think is dangerous anyway with, and, and kind of comes as packaging parcel with fitness industry and especially with the competitive athlete is that self-perceived perfectionism. And I think once you've caught that bug, it's very difficult to, to get away from and, and kind of push it to one side. And it makes the things that you want to do and your personal goals very muddied because you're only ever thinking about that voice that's coming in from somewhere else or he's better than me or she's better than me. And it goes back to that old saying that sort of comparison is the thief of joy. And that, that became a massive element for me personally as well because there's always going to be someone else who's more shredded than you, someone else who's bigger than you, someone else who's stronger than you. Especially if you're looking on social media at the hyper elite, again, that can be very toxic. So for me, that was one of the the big ones is doing it for other people instead of myself. Probably just doing too much. Probably just like overtraining, underfueling, not realizing that you couldn't just train more and more and more and get better and better and better results. And that that whole assumption that more is better. And I think we see that in so many areas in life, but like definitely with training, definitely with things like supplements or protein. We're like, oh, if some protein is good, more must be better. And, you know, there's always this law of diminishing returns in anything you're putting effort into. So I think really understanding that has changed so much of what I do, even in like work aspects as well. I'm like, all oh, right, so if I work more hours, I'll get more done. It's like, well, your productivity's dropped off massively. So maybe it's better to have a break and come back. And I think some of the um, barriers to exercise, again, are like I was speaking to a client about this this week. I don't have time to exercise. And I'm like, I'm not even exaggerating. You literally make yourself time exercising. Like take away the notion that you need to go to the gym for an hour. 20 minutes at home is fine you will be more productive after it. And it's not just me, anecdotally, you'll be more productive. There is research to show this. If you have a break, you do some exercise, you move your body, you will be more productive. So you're literally saving time, essentially, by exercising. Uh, the biggest mistake I made at the start of my fitness journey was not training the muscles that I can't see. <laughs> it was basically um, just go in, train, quads, pecs, biceps, and we all know that that leads to a very dysfunctional human being. And so obviously I hammered that for probably the first 18 months, two years of my, my gym life. And although I looked great from the front and you know the feedback you get from the mirror is, is brilliant, you soon become a very dysfunctional and injured human being and you actually end up going backwards. So if I could have a chat to my sort of 18 year old self, it would be 
train your whole body, train it holistically, think about structural balance, think about functionality, and the progress and results you'll make long-term will be way, way, way better. Oh, man, I made a terrifying number of mistakes during my fitness journey. The, the difference is, for anyone that's listening that wasn't around during T-Nation and bodybuilding.com forums, there was a, a whole host of, of issues. I think I did the squats and milk program um, for a while, which was, which was kind of dumb, but I just didn't, I didn't track macros ever. It's just like classic sort of bro lifting. I think I've eaten a lot today. And you have no idea, you're just playing guesswork. So it's like simple stuff, I suppose. But God, man, when I look back at <laughs> some of the... Like there was, I remember, I significantly remember a period where I was going on holiday. And for about a month and a half, I didn't train back because I wanted, I wanted the mirror muscles to look as good as they could. So, yeah, thankfully, there's a lot more well-rounded information on the internet that kind of fixes that problem. But yeah, 2010 was a hell of a year to be trying to lift things. Uh, got into bodybuilding, I think is my probably my personal biggest mistake. I think it's probably different for everyone. But I thought that me doing bodybuilding and getting into competing would make me a good personal trainer. And I thought that's kind of what personal training was. And then I realized on the flip side, it really wasn't. And it was definitely quite detrimental for me as a personal trainer and training for myself because it took me a long time to get out of the habits that I built when I was bodybuilding for really no reason potentially overvaluing the things that were out of my hands and not valuing the things that I was perfectly capable and in control of at that time. So things like supplements, fads, shortcuts, basically. Not valuing the process, again, being too outcome-driven without falling in love with the process of it. And essentially that ends up being quite a disempowering process, feeling like a lot of those things are out of your hands when actually there's lots that you can do from the smallest thing, that low-hanging fruit. It doesn't have to be anything grandiose. I think sometimes we think when it comes to significant life change, it has to be something huge. It can be the smallest, most consistent, repeated habit every single day uh, and accumulated that ends up being exactly where we want to be anyway, or at least close to it. I think I would say extremities and again I'm not in the fitness industry per se but I enjoy fitness and I've kind of dabbled in all of these fads that have come along um I would say trying to be a perfectionist with them trying to be extreme uh being very black and white with things and that goes for fitness and everything else as well and then as soon as you inevitably fall off the bandwagon it makes it like harder to get back on so having a real kind of extremity with it probably Clean eating. <laughs> clean eating. That whole clean eating thing, that whole um, no sugar, no gluten, no booze, no fucking... I don't think there was no... I think there was no anything. That was easily the biggest mistake that I made. And I'd also consider thinking that I had to go to the gym to get in shape or thinking that I had to do push-ups or thinking that I had to do burpees. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, when I learned about that whole calorie balance thing and that whole... Um, you know, Do you know what I found out about this... this calorie balance thing you remember Mike Samuels Mike wrote this article called how I how I got fat clean eating and how I got shred this mate this is 2014 time that I read this article and I was like oh shit okay and that made a ton of sense to me so I suppose the biggest biggest mistake I made was clean eating the second biggest mistake that I made would have been something along the lines of my rules around getting in shape my rules around being fit meant 
doing squats, doing deadlifts, doing burpees, which meant that I, I really had to motivate myself to go to the gym. And then when I didn't go, I hated myself. The biggest mistake that I made was being very regimented with my nutrition and very regimented with my training. I would far rather be disciplined and have the flexibility and the slack to be able to incorporate my training and my nutrition at different times or when opportunities or problems or dangers arose and I had to manipulate things around it instead of getting frustrated when I was out of routine. So I think looking at big picture discipline is much better than regimen in the long term for sustainability and having flexibility and the ability to change training times, change meal options when something's not available because that is going to happen and that is reality and reality is often messy. So none of you people can tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top.